You are listening to the one and only Melbourne Victory Fan Podcast by the fans, for the fans, for Buck's sake. Welcome. My name is Jason. I am your host, uh, coming to you live and direct from my study, which I've reclaimed from my twin babies uh, in sunny Sunbury. Um, joining me is the chief analyst of FES, Dave. Um, as I said, man, I think I think the last time I did a pod was with Budza about three weeks ago. You weren't on. Um, you've assumed the, the host role while I was gone. As I said, I, we kind of feel like we're the Beatles now. Um, you're the John Lennon to my Paul McCartney. We kind of both sing the songs now. Um, but thanks for, for taking the reins over the last few weeks and uh, and steering the ship. It's uh, it's good to have you back in the, the chief analyst chair. So you're saying I'm the one that gets shot and... Uh has his career cut short. Um, yeah, by the crazy fan. I think you have more... more Pro- Side projects. I think you have more crazy <laughs> fuck fans than I do. Um, everyone kind of kind of gravitates towards you and Budza more than me, so maybe maybe rubbish. a crazed fan. <laughs> how, how have you been? Uh, look, it, not too bad, champion. I actually had a COVID test yesterday, my second one during this whole fucking saga, and... They don't get any nicer, um, but thankfully just a bit of a cold, but you know, here, here tonight to uh, do it all once again. It's been a while and you know, I attended the game on the weekend and uh, had uh, Kire, one of the Maso Kires, come up to me and goes, mate, I don't know how you guys do it this season. Like, it, <laughs> it, must, it must be an absolute mission to have to come up with the content and you know, keep this fire burning. And it has, uh, truthfully, it has been just that. And the last three weeks, you know, we've missed missed out on um, a podcast due to various reasons. But yeah, here we are again. Yeah, I was sick last week. I had tonsil, uh, the start of a tonsillitis outbreak kind of uh, dissipated before then, but the wife had it all week and then the, the twins had something and then my my other daughter had something. It was just crazy. So yeah, we haven't done a podcast for a few weeks. Uh, there's been three games since that point. Um yeah, it has been a grind. It's been really, really tough. But when you kind of get on the podcast, the the energy kind of comes. I think it's kind of just getting yes. getting G'd up for it in the in the lead up, which is the tough thing. But we're we're going to kind of uh, I guess change direction a little bit this week because the men, of course, are, are doing shit. Number number twelve in the league, but of course, number one in business. Um, but we'll we'll talk about instead the. The, the Vuck women or the, the Wuck. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. The Wuck. Is that how we're going to do it? The Wuck? Uh, w I did that a couple of weeks back or whenever we you know, mentioned it and it seemed to get some traction. But the the, you know, the victory has been one that's the been victory, used. Yeah. But forget about me. Uh, introduce our guest who can tell us what, what she thinks is the pro- appropriate yeah. moniker. Yeah, now, as I was saying to, to our guest off air, I've been uh, wanting to have her on the podcast for like five or six years. She's an absolute pro. She's uh, been everywhere in terms of uh, print media around uh, around the trap. She's been on FNR in the past. Now she's even got her own podcast on ESPN, the worldwide leader of sports, talking all things women's, uh, women's football. Uh, Marissa Lodanich, thank you so much for, for coming on. You're a big victory fan both of the uh, the men and the women the girls are in the grand final we're going to change direction this week and focus mainly on on the girls because uh, we want to kind of have a moment where we can celebrate some success so welcome to the show and um, thank you so much for for coming on thanks for having me guys what a what an intro what a welcome i'm stoked 
Yeah, well, as I said, we're going to kind of get you as our resident victory uh, or W League victory women's team uh, expert for this week. It's the grand final um, against Sydney FC, um, and uh, there's lots to be excited about. Uh, are you going to get to to Sydney for the game? I believe the, the grand final is in Sydney. You're heading up there? Yeah, I've got my, my flights booked, com booked. Very excited. It'll be my first W League grand final. I've been to a few Sweet. A League ones. You know, we've had some, some good ones against Sydney and some not so good ones against Sydney in the men's. So I'm hoping it's more um 2014-15 A League areas than uh, 09 10 because uh, that was no fun to watch as a fan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, it has um, this this Sydney FC versus Victory Grand Final has a bit of a familiar feeling to it. I'm hoping that we can get one over them, but uh, they've had the wood over us uh, most of the time in uh, in big games with with the exception of one or two. So, um, yeah, certainly hoping we can get the uh, the win in what would be our second or th- is it third title? Third title. Second. Uh, Second title, second title. Um, yeah, so really looking forward to chatting all things Victory uh, Women with you. But just before we do that, we usually, when we have a, a new guest on for the very first time, we get them to go through their journey of being a Victory fan. And, you know, Victory have been around for about 15 years now. What was your kind of journey to um, to getting involved with the Victory um, all those years ago? Yeah, so it was my, like uncle and cousins were foundation members and they had two young kids and the my youngest cousin wasn't having a bar of it so there was always a leftover ticket and my sister and I would kind of alternate that ticket and it kind of that was maybe oh like oh seven oh eight so we've I've been going ever since I was a member for about eight years as well saw heaps of Great Games was there for, you know, the the glory days of Vuck under Jim Magilton and that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Have, yeah, have just watched the team for forever and a day and now we've, you know, really started following the W League for about five years now as well. So it's just, it's been a, a long-term love affair with all things Vuck. But, yeah, it started with a, a spare ticket and you know other family members being very into their football and me kind of just tagging along I remember my first game the first goal that I ever saw I missed it because we had beach balls allowed at Eddie had stadium at the time and I was so focused on (laughs) whacking this beach ball that I completely missed Archie Thompson scoring a goal so and that's actually become a a bit of a a theme for me just missing very important goals but um yeah it's been a few years now of following the bark and um, you've, you've gotten involved in the, I guess, the media landscape uh, on soccer Twitter, uh, amongst other things. As I said before, you've got uh, a women's football podcast called The Far Post, which I'm sure would have pissed off the uh, the guys that do that Perth Glory fan podcast, um, having that uh, that name. <laughs> but but uh, you, you got you got one up one up over and by uh, by associating with ESPN. How did that come about? Because that's a that's a pretty good get. Um, having a podcast which is linked to ESPN and they've been tweeting out your um, your podcast breakout videos and all that kind of stuff which is amazing yeah it's it's so awesome and it's still a little bit surreal so we're really lucky that the ESPN was looking to kind of expand their their podcast stable they had one the, the footy guys kind of doing AFL chat and now they've kind of released I think a rugby union one as well and they saw 
what we were doing. Obviously, one of the other far posters, Sam Lewis, writes for ESPN as well. So there was already a little kind of connection there. But they were like, we we see the value in women's football. We like what you're doing. Why don't you come on board? And we're, we're stoked that, you know, we get to kind of just chat shit, which is what we do basically every yeah. week. And it happens to be on ESPN. So it's really cool and really kind of surreal. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, yeah, fantastic. So yes. huge get. That's that's unbelievable. But um, yeah, great, great uh, for the far post. So if you if you do want to listen to it, if you haven't already, um, yeah, just check out the far post. I think it's uh, just the far. Is it the far post on Twitter? Just, yeah, at the far the post pod. At the far post, and not to be mm-hmm. confused with the Perth Glory podcast, the, the much more inferior Perth Glory fan podcast called the Far Post. Actually, no, sorry, the, the Far Post is run by a victory fan, uh, Donna. So uh, shout out to Donna, you do a good job. I'm sorry. Uh, this week's show, no, it's I'm not, no shade, no shade. Uh, this week's show <laughs> is, is a big one. Of course, we're going to discuss three games um, of the men's. Uh, variety um, because we've had three games since we last played. Very briefly, the, though. Yeah, very, very briefly. The Wellington loss, uh, which the, the biggest highlight out of that was was victory bingo, which we'll discuss um, probably more than the game. We'll discuss the, the one-all draw against Central Coast Mariners, the, the league leading at the time, Central Coast Mariners, and then uh, the most recent game against the NFC, the, the 3-0 loss. Um, yeah, we'll then chat about the women's team of course they are in the grand final this week against sydney fc uh, marissa is going to marissa is going to give us the um the full rundown uh of who will win why why they'll win and uh, maybe an overview of victory season as well uh, a few tidbits as well um active support is back there was an email about two two weeks ago from um di pietro uh, who made some comments uh, in relation to how things were going um, on and off the pitch, which we'll discuss. Uh, there's a, some speculation around the Melbourne Victory manager role. Um, Grant Bremner seems like he's well and truly on his way out. Uh, there's been names such as Tele and Kuehl, which have been linked. Uh, speaking of, play, of people that have been linked, Christian Thea Harris in the last 12 hours has been linked to a return to the victory. We've got the inside word on whether that is uh, bullshit or not. And uh, Lesiotis as well was released. We've maybe got some inside words on that too, which we'll, uh, we'll, which we'll reveal. Maybe. Um, if I've got... If I've actually got that right. Uh, the Patreon subscribers. We had one join since last time, which was Stephen Webb. Uh, so thank you very much, Stephen, for coming on board. Um, if you still want to show your support on Patreon, it's just patreon.com slash for fuck's sake. Um, the great thing is now that the Patreon reward tiers have been changed from US dollars as they have been for like the last four years to Australian dollars. So it's a little bit easier to keep track of. Um, so if you want to jump on there and uh, have a look. Uh, hey, uh, Jace, we, we also had Mitchell Van Nordini join up oh. as well. Sorry, I didn't update the uh, list there. Right. But, uh, yeah, thank you very much, Mitchell, for uh, coming on board. What a thriving community the Patreon subscribers are. So thank you very much for coming on board. Music theme this week, I was at a loss as to what I would actually do. And then, uh, Marissa, uh, Marissa the, um, the poster behind you, New Order. Oh, that uh, is... So, that is very good. Yeah, beautiful. So, Great choice. Yeah, so I thought new new order, might as well. Uh, inspired choice. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll go out to new order. You are listening to for fuck's sake. No, no, for what's sake. For what's sake. <laughs>
about the For Fuck's Sake message boards over at ForFuck'sSake.com. There you can have intelligent victory discussion with like-minded individuals chatting all things victory all day and all night. Uh, A few topics on the agenda at the moment are contracts as well as the the campaign to sack Grant Brebner. People are, are trying to get that over the line and very unhappy with Grant Brebner and how things are going at the moment. Transfer rumors, uh, how can we turn this team around as well as just uh, general Melbourne Victory A-League stuff, uh, issues and uh, and stuff like that. So jump on there and chat all things Victory with like-minded Victory fans. That's for fucksake.com. I the actually shares thread, Jace. The shares thread. Um, the shares I just thread? Wanna, yeah, I want to quickly ask... Yeah, and, and has anyone actually bought any of Dickie Wilson's shares, you know, that he put to the public? I'm guessing pretty much no one uh, because we've heard nothing about it. But uh, I'll be very interested to hear if uh, there's any uh, movement on that front. Yeah, so we, we put out a Twitter poll about a week or two ago because we were just interested. We were talking in the group chat saying, you know, has anyone actually registered their interest? And I thought the, the best way to get a kind of a sample on this would be just to put out a, a Twitter poll. I think we had a four, 400 respondents and we had, I think it was a four, 4% uh, turnout that said yes. So Dave, how many of that? Is that 16? I, I think that's 10. Uh, I 4% suck at maths. Or 400? No, sorry. I thought you said 10%. I think it's four. Um, Four, eight, twelve, six. I reckon it's sixteen. Sixteen people would have said yes. Four percent of four hundred. Um, yeah. So that's pretty crazy. But I actually, last time I was on this podcast, I said I would actually go in a bit more into a bit more detail about my chat with uh, with uh, Richard um, when I had a chat with him about a month ago. And I actually forgot completely to actually um, kind of retell the story. And I'll, I think I'll probably take that opportunity now. So um, this this is like a few days after it all kicked off. He was out um, in the media saying he was he was done with the victory. Um, he was you know selling his shares to the fans, and there was a bit of hysteria. Came at you know obviously a bad time because I think victory had just got beaten pretty pretty badly. I think it may have been the six nil game. Um, that they got badly beaten. He was he was cashing in his chips on the Monday. So basically, what what we thought is that as a podcast, we would 
um, try and get him on the show because I think he had done maybe one interview on the Monday on SEN um, and still like we thought, oh, this would be a good get to get him on to chat about his grievances with the board and, and what's going on and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we realized that he was doing he was doing media everywhere, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But we sent him a message on, I think it was the, the Tuesday, and I think we were playing that night. And he didn't respond to me until after the game. And I think we won that game. I think we ended up winning the game. And he was like, oh, he res- like responded to me like six hours later after after I sent him a message. And it was just after um, full time. And he sent me a message saying, oh, good win for the boys. Um, yeah, I'll get back to you to see if whatever. Um, so he didn't really seem keen to chat to us. And maybe thought that sometimes we get this on for fuck's sake that maybe the, the guest thinks that we're a bit beneath them and are not worthy of their time, which is fair enough for our amateur podcasts and whatever. That's fine. Um, but then something happened the next day. And, and basically what happened is that um, this guy's gone out with a, a rather high ranking person in the Australian football um Mafia, as I like to call it, if you go back through past podcast episodes, <laughs> a, a member of the, <laughs> um, uh, a member of the the footballing mafia, and then suddenly everything kind of changed, and and this member of the uh, the Melbourne football mafia. I know, Dave, you've got a cold right now and COVID, so um, you know, maybe if you uh, yeah, that, that was just, just a cough, mate. That, that yeah, yeah, wasn't saying fine. anything in particular, but. But this guy started getting in Aria saying, oh, you should you should chat to him. You should chat to Richard. He's really keen on on chatting to you boys. I was like, okay, well, he sent us a message yesterday. He didn't seem very keen. He seemed pretty, pretty off the idea. So then we tried to engage him again. And uh, suddenly it was, you know, it was all peachy. It was, it was all set up and we were talking to him. And um, I quickly, it quickly turned to the point where I started feeling like I was being a little bit used as a as a pawn in this game to sell shares. And it became quite apparent. It became quite apparent that I was less, less of a podcast, uh, you know, host asking the tough questions, a Ray Martin, if you will, or Mike Willisey, and more like Moira on Good Morning Australia doing the infomercial. Um, I was more like, (laughs) I was just, I felt like I was doing an infomercial, you know, after you know Bert Newton throwing to Moira um, and doing the infomercial, I felt like it became a bit more of a an advertisement for for Richard and his uh, his fire sale. And um, when you think about this, it was I think the valuation of the the shares was came out to be like two dollars fifty or two dollars twenty or something like that, which put a put a valuation on his shares of like five million, which ultimately puts a valuation in the club of like twenty million. And, and a lot of people scoffed at that. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall it just felt like I was being a little bit used and he was trying to use us to gauge interest in in whether people would actually buy the shares or not. And I think that we've since discovered that number one, people were very, very skeptical after what happened last time. Number two, it's just like, it's it's pointless. It's frivolous to own these shares because ultimately what do you have? What say do you have in the club you're gonna he's gonna he's gonna splinter these shares off where it's like sending out to thousands of thousands of people and ultimately the only way you can get anything done very very um it's a very very much of a, of a long shot as well as to have 
one person which all these people nominate as their fan representative to go into the board meetings and stuff like that because you're not going to have an AGM like you do in AFL clubs where all the members go and they vote on things and, and the ability to, to change, you know, board members and stuff like that just doesn't happen um, with the way that this club is set up and the ownership. So the only way that would work is if there's a representative who would go and um, yeah, represent the owners or whatever. But even then, Richard Wilson doesn't have anywhere near a controlling stake in, in Melbourne Victory to even have any kind of you know action to change anything. So really it became apparent once we dug more into this, because we were interested in buying their shares too, Dave. We thought, oh, we'll just buy as many as we can. But then it became pretty apparent pretty quickly that this was just, it's a novelty play. Um, and it's yep. for, for exactly seven years that. ago, when seven years ago, when the club was cruising, it was, it was, it was probably a better idea to do it then because people want to take real ownership of the club. But right now the club's getting battered. The board are, are pig headed and, you know, don't really want to, um, get their shit together so really like what's the value in owning a really a piece of shit club at the moment so came apparent pretty quickly that this is all it was all it was all shit it was all kind of yeah um not really um i guess as he was he made it out like he was doing the fans a favor you know be a part of Melbourne victory or whatever but really it was just him trying to cash out as, as quickly as he could um and I, I feel like it's it's fallen pretty flat so yeah that was my impression of it he was a nice guy he was very very nice he called me a lot on the phone spoke to me a lot but ultimately i felt like i was just being a bit of a pawn in a game of chess um that's because you were I might have to I might have to watch out for the text messages and phone calls from him tomorrow because I'm sure this will get back to him. But that was just my that was my view of it. So yeah, um, let's talk very very briefly on these three games. Um, the four one loss against Wellington. It was a long long time ago now. Um, I want to talk more about victory bingo at the time, um, and then the the CCM draw, and then the Sydney FC loss. Dave, just give me a one minute spill over the last three games of what you saw, any improvements, anything that made you feel better, anything that made you feel um, worse. Across the whole across the whole board or just yeah, the Wellington just game over, mate? No, oh just look, it's just been one feel. one gigantic bin fire um in, in just about every respect. Um you can handle being at a low ebb, uh, being a football fan. If you can see that there are, you know, I guess, measures being taken to make use of, you know, what will essentially be a dead rubber of a year. Uh, and, you know, to, to that end, what I'm talking about there is like, if you're just throwing in the youngsters and, and ensuring they're getting as many minutes into their legs as possible, then there's something that can be taken away from that because you know that you know the, the season is already a write-off so the season was a write-off when you know buds and i did a podcast you know about a month ago uh look as far as if there's anything to be gleaned in in, in a positive sense i guess uh, the, the McManaman and the fact that we scored a goal and got a point from central coast uh, somehow despite the statistics and the odds being against us completely in that game we managed to get a point against the league leaders and you know that sort of gave us a, a tiny bit of hope but I think if you anyone who watched that game knew that we were extremely lucky to, to come away with that with anything uh, look Elvis Camp sober bookended 
both of those games uh, in spectacular fashion. He scored against the Phoenix. Uh, yeah, a rare, rare positive coming from Elvis. Uh, and then, you know, in the most recent game, got himself sent off within 30 minutes. So... Yeah, it's been just an absolute disaster of a season. It doesn't get any, it's not getting any better. Um, and we just seem to be you know, burying ourselves further. Uh, and there's inaction, you know, on the park, off the park. And, you know, like, the, I think a little bit after you got, uh, before you guys did that podcast together, you and Buds, you know, we put JP to Marini in to sort of give the squad some, you know, experience or A-League local knowledge, a bit more of an authoritarian voice, you know, in the background there, but that's completely changed nothing as well. So, uh, and we've seen our captain, you know, you know, makeshift captain, uh, you know, throw his armband on the ground uh, at, towards the end of the most recent game as well. So there's no leadership on the park. There's no leadership off the park. Uh, in in actual fact, it makes it very difficult to just keep talking about how bad things are because everybody knows it. Everybody can see it. We're not telling anyone anything new, Jace. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Marisa, can you tell us what's wrong with the VAC? Do you know? I feel like that's the, the million-dollar <laughs> question, boys, and I am not in possession of that answer. It's just shit. It's It's not good anywhere you look, and it's... It's it's disheartening, it's disappointing, and especially for, like, Melbourne. Like, we go around saying we're the biggest club in the land and we do not look anything like that at all, and it's 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 a shame because we know how good it can be. We've seen it, we've lived it, and it's just not there at the moment. So I wish I had the answers, but um, I, I got nothing. It's, it's embarrassing and it's sad. Yeah. It's just uh, very much a, a grind at the moment for everyone, uh, for the board, for the, for the players, for the fans, for the podcast hosts. It's just, um, yeah, it's just ridiculous. Um, we did, yeah, you did speak a little bit about how Alvis Kemsober kind of bookended um, the, uh, the the three games there, a bit like uh, a bit like a bit, a bit like a Sunday night at Love Machine, the first one in, the last I knew one. You were going to go there. The first one in, the last one out. Elvis Camsober likes to bookend the uh, the Love Machine Sundays as well. But um, there there is a little bit of, of I guess grievance from the fans on this one because Elvis Camsober um, people have finally come around to him. Welcome to the club, everyone. It's only been two years <laughs> since Budzer and I were fucking called it. Um, so welcome everyone to the Elvis Camsober is a dud club. Um, nice to have you, but. Um, he is ultimately right now, he's taking the opportunities of young players. Um, and we're yeah. not really sure why, because um, Triple L sat in the stands with Marco Rojas. I, I, yeah, Nucci. I could only assume, yeah, who, who was a shining light in the Champions League. We have hardly, have we, have we actually seen him play a minute at all of A-League football this year? I don't think we have. So I, I can check, but I don't think so. Yeah, so there's someone that was, you know, someone that we took away as a as one to watch in the Champions League. That campaign to to begin our season hasn't really been cited, uh, and yeah, it's just it's quite um, baffling because the um, yeah we're not getting results, and players like Elvis Camsober are still getting minutes, and he'll be um, on 
on the scrap heap at the end of the season, I would I would assume. I hope we haven't signed him to a two-year contract, although uh, it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, yeah, I don't think he'll be around next year. So really, why are we not giving chances to um, Laura Latanzio? Why are we not giving chances to Inucci? Why are we getting rid of players like, you know, uh, Anthony Lesiotis in the off-season? It's just... Um, yeah, yeah played a minute, Jace Iannucci in the yeah. A-League. No. Yeah, quite bizarre because he was he was very much an excitement packet um, in the Champions League. So just really, really bizarre. Um, right now, I think we'll discuss a little bit more in detail, but um, the, the, the board are not going to do anything with regards to Grant Bradner. I don't think they really can. Um, there's no point. You, you, you're going to have either Steve Keane or or JP as the manager until the end of the season. Um, and they're just going to, you know, kind of try and limit the damage, but it won't be, uh, it won't be very successful. So what, what else can you really do? We just have to ride this out. How long have we got left in the, in the season? Are we halfway through? Are we more than halfway through? Yeah. Just How many games a, we played? Just a touch over, well, about halfway. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's still a while to go. Um, this will be, you know, the worst, victory season ever that the weird thing as well is i don't like i i almost feel like there's there's players that are still good on our team like mcmenaman's good uh rojas is good cruz can be good right now he's playing his most you know consistent stretch of football but you know some would say it's still not really productive i don't think we've seen uh many assists or goals from him so far this season so he's playing a lot but the the, yeah i guess you know it's not really turning out to 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 yield much uh in terms of results but i still feel like we have enough in terms of just being competitive not getting battered six nil every week um but yeah just just listless at the moment yeah, absolutely. Like that, that Sydney game, and, and and you know, the point more generally about youngsters. Like, what's the point of persisting with Camp Sober now with with Storm Rue, you know, various players like that? Um, and tactically, what what the hell was going on? Uh, you know, on uh, Easter Sunday evening, you know, we go down to ten men within half an hour, uh, and then proceed to make just one substitute for the remainder of the game. That's just mind-boggling. So you got big brains, bloody Steve Keane and Jean-Paul de Marinet standing there. What exactly are they discussing there? When it, when you when you're down to ten, uh, you need legs on the park to make an impact. You know, uh, the season the way it is and it's cooked. You know, it's like why not just put in Bello for the rest of the season you know, for Storm Roo's role. Stop playing these lone players, Dylan Ryan and, and Falami. Like, what is there to be gained there? They're not actually on our books. Yanucci should be and playing. Kadar should be playing. Not, just on that, they're not any good. Um, well, there's that too. It's, yeah. it's very harsh on... Yeah, it's very harsh. They are young guys, but it's 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 actually biggest belief how they've got contracts in Europe because, um, yeah, they've been found out really, really quickly in A-League. Um yeah, so what can you do? Um, what do you do? Just you keep know? grinding, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you do? Um, Marisa, did you play Victory Bingo for the Wellington game? I did not, but it was popping up all over my timeline. So I'd love to hear some more yeah, about was, it. That was the idea. <laughs> yeah, that was the idea. Let me tell you about it. So it was it was originally going to happen uh, for the Sydney FC game on the Saturday night, which got cancelled because of uh, weather. Uh, always raining in Sydney, always Dang. pissing down in Sydney. in Sydney, it seems like. 
Oh yeah. Hope, what's the weather forecast this week for for, for you? Uh, allegedly sunny, you but know? like it, it, it's Sydney, so I'm going to be packing a, a brolly and a rain jacket. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. When it rains, it fucking pours in Sydney, that's for sure. But it is, it is. yeah, it says 22 and sunny on, on the weekend. So, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully you'll get the game in. But it got cancelled on the on uh, Saturday morning. It, um, yeah, it was, was torrential. Up to that point, we had almost, well, over 600 cards downloaded. So 600 unique cards were downloaded. And I thought, geez, this is going to be a busy, busy night. Um, but then it got cancelled. We probably would have hit 700, maybe 1,000, maybe 2,000, not too sure. But we would have got there. Uh, it would have been fun. But then we had to reload for Saturday. Um, not not as much, uh, not really for, for the Wednesday night, which wasn't as uh, as successful. We had about 200, but it was still good. There was still a lot of people getting amongst it. Um, and then, yeah, so we had basically, I'll, I'll go through this, uh, this bingo winner. Um, I just got one of the cards up here. So we had uh, to win it. We got the victory goalkeeper um, turning the ball over, playing out from the back. Um, someone mentioned uh, Wollongong as uh, to to be admitted to the A League uh, on the telecast. I think Andy Harper went on about that like six times. Um, the Wellington Phoenix player over celebrating a goal, which was very much a point of contention, um, but we gave it. And then another one of a point of contention was um, a commentator butchers a victory player's name. Um, and I had to go onto YouTube for pronunciations uh, of Devilla uh, or Devia. I, I still don't know what's the right one, but uh, Brendan Speed was saying it da- all. Davia. Davia. Yeah, Davia. And I went onto YouTube and I typed in because they have like pronunciations of all these um, of the, all these names. And uh, yeah, so I, I crossed checked it and uh yeah Brenton speed said it about said it about three different ways so we ended up giving that one and then the one that won the bingo not just for this guy whose card i've got up in front of me but for three other people who all at once just pinged me um saying i've won it was um and i don't think if in the end this actually was correct um but it was victory player soft tissue injury and it was when Alves Cam Sober scored the goal, I think it was the 78th minute, and then he pulled up, um, and it looked like he was injured, but I'm I'm pretty sure well, he went off. We couldn't get confirmation. Obviously, when it's live, you have to try and make a decision. It looked like a soft tissue injury at the it time. Was. Well, no, he, he played the next game, though. He played like three yeah, days but later. Yeah, it's still a, still a yeah. tissue injury, isn't it? Okay. Well, cramp is, is cramp an injury or is it just a muscle tighten? I'm not uh, sure. He wouldn't have gone off if it was just cramp, I would suggest. But yeah, anyway, you paid it. That's history. We paid it. We paid it. And uh, we had three people win. So uh, congratulations to those three people. We'll probably do another one of those um, during the season on another away game. It seemed like it gave some... Um, some joy to people in uh, in times that were otherwise uh, dreadful. So yeah, it's been thank the most you exciting to thing to happen uh, in the last yeah. three weeks, and yeah. that's a sad and, yeah. indictment. Yeah, and if anyone wants to sponsor it, corporate sponsors, we you know we showed that we had six hundred people sign up on the Saturday, two hundred people sign up on the the Wednesday. We can get this thing sponsored by maybe Lion Medals. Um, so Kira, if you're listening, um, maybe hit us up for for some sponsorship. We'll try and get. A, uh, maybe I want to give away a thousand dollars in the last game. Maybe I can do that. We'll bump it up to a thousand. Imagine, imagine if we're giving away a thousand dollars. You want to maybe Twitter. discuss that with the other other two podcasters? Uh, <laughs> how much money we're going to give? Away. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll to, that's why we're getting uh, corporate sponsorship. Yeah, I'm uh, just, just joking. Give it I'll all live, away. I live to give. I live to give. <laughs> um, so yeah, three people got that, uh, that 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 payout. So yeah, very well done to those guys. Um, speaking of paying out, we're gonna we're gonna pay out on the victory balls of steel player of the year because uh, yeah, each and every game we do the votes afterwards usually we've been doing it for like the last four or five years um and usually the team's been pretty good we have you know we we usually win more than we lose uh, and we usually aren't embarrassed as badly as we have been over the last you know six seven weeks so we decided that we're not going to put you guys through it each and every week trying to find three votes uh, three, two, one votes. We're not going to put ourselves through it having to do the fucking vote post every week because right now the team is embarrassing. There's no one that's any good um, except the winner who we're paying out on, of course. But um, we're going to give it to Adama Chorore, who's right now the clubhouse leader. Um, and we just see him being probably the best player on the park right now for Melbourne Victory. Um, yeah, we don't really think anyone else is going to, um, yeah, give it a, give it a, 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 a Russo will, um, We'll, we'll give it to Adama Traore, who's uh, the player of the year in what? Round 12? Round 13? We're giving it already. Whatever. <laughs> we're done. We're done. We're giving up. Um, we're going to take a break and then we'll return with our uh, WAC preview. Victory Girls are into the grand final against Sydney FC. They'll be playing them on Sunday at Jubilee Stadium in Sydney. Uh, the girls have had uh, probably their best season, would you say, um, Marissa, over the, the their, their journey. This is kind of the record-breaking one. They've scored the most goals. I mean, they've they've been, I guess, more dominant in terms of uh, regular season form before. I think they they won the the Premier's Plate. But this seems like um, this is the one where they've just been, you know, scoring freely and and uh, and kicking us generally. Um, yeah, what would you say? Is, uh, probably, actually, the, the Premier's Plate season probably is better. But um, they're they definitely they're definitely scoring freely. How how would you sum up the season um, for for the Vuck Girls? It's been such a fun season to watch. It's been enjoyable as a fan to kind of see them play so well especially considering we lost a lot of players and really important ones at that like pre-season so you lose Tash Dowie who's your captain your golden boot for I reckon at least three seasons running you're you're looking at your front line like holy shit how are we gonna cover that 
that Natasha Dowie sized hole at the at the front of our lineup, and then losing the likes of Laura Brock, who's a Matilda. There was a few really good international girls over the last few seasons as well that haven't come back because of coronavirus, basically, to lose all of that talent and then just find all of these players and for them to gel really quickly. They, you know, they had training exemptions, but, you know, you look at where they've come from because most of them are Melbourne girls coming from a, you know, the lockdown, the the absolute shambles that was the the latter half of 2020 and for them to kind of just pull it together and absolutely smash it. It's been so fun and so enjoyable to watch. So this season has given uh, girls a chance to kind of be plucked from obscurity um, in your regards to, to losing a lot of the, the international stars. So a lot of these girls getting their chances from, from the state leagues? Yeah. So And the thing with a lot of them is that they're also technically internationals. So they've been overlooked for other internationals that are coming in from America or Europe or wherever, wherever it is. So like I reckon the prime examples are kind of Catherine Zimmerman and Kayla Morrison, who are both American, have been playing at like Calder United and for Bulleen Lions in the MPLW, absolutely killing it at that level, but never got the look in because they were kind of not as fancied as internationals or you didn't want to waste your international spot on a player who's been playing in the MPLW, but they've come in and they've absolutely killed it. Catherine Zimmerman, I think, is second in the Vuck Golden Boot behind Melina Ayres. Kayla Morrison has been absolutely outstanding in the heart of defence, and it's just they've been kind of right under our noses this entire time, literally, you know, playing at the Veneto Club, playing at, you know, Calder Park Reserve. They've just been here killing it and now they've finally got that opportunity and they've absolutely taken it with both hands same with um our goalkeeper gabby garton she was playing for essendon royals which isn't you know they're not even in the highest tier of state league women's football here and she's absolutely smashed it she's been really really good so it's been just nice to see these players kind of get that opportunity and also take it and do really well uh, just having a look at, I guess, an overview of the season and, and the, the thing that sticks out at me is just the stability in the team. So from what I can read here, we've had three players that have played every single minute throughout the season. Um, another two players on top of that that have started every game. So it's basically five players that have started every game um, for the victory, which has been 13 matches. And then uh, one player, um, Polly Doran, uh, Doran, who's um, played or started 12 games. So that is more than half the, the squad who have been there week in, week out, which um, for, for people that watch the, the men's team, um, I can't, remember the last time we had two straight weeks where the team was unchanged and and that's that's um that's huge and you know stability like that um can only help chemistry yeah exactly how much of this would you put down to jeff hopkins and and the reason you know from a tactical perspective anyway like the reason i ask that is because yeah you you touched on the adversity that we in melbourne and all the melbourne clubs and melbourne footballers and you know the the men's side here at victory and you know the the w league side have had to endure and yet you know that 
the WAC here have managed to you know, get a side together, a record-breaking side. They're about to play off in a grand final. Uh, is this, yeah, and it's obviously an indicator that you know, it, it, things can be achieved in, in adversity. Um, how much of it, yeah, coming back to Jeff Hopkins, is it down to him and, and the chemistry that he's built? Oh, it's you, you speak to everyone and everyone speaks about Jeff Hopkins glowingly and it's absolutely deserved. And that's not just in kind of VUC circles, that just that's league-wide. He was at Brisbane in the kind of inaugural or the first few seasons of the W League and was very successful with them. So you speak to anyone and they only have good things to say about Jeff Hopkins as a, as a bloke and as a coach. So he's been around for a few years now and you can see that he – has built this squad. So there are, you know, a few girls who have been kind of under his wing for years now, the likes of Angie Beard, who's the captain, the likes of Mindy Barbieri, Kyra Cooney-Cross, Melina Ayres, all of these players have kind of been in and around the VUC for a few years under Jeff Hopkins. So you can see that he's had that kind of long-term plan and that long-term focus, and it is really starting to pay mm. dividends now. But he he's a great coach. Everyone really speaks glowingly of him, and you can you can see the players do play for him, and it it it's showing, and it really pays off. So thinking about the the game at large on Sunday, um, coming up against Sydney FC, who we played two weeks ago, which is basically the almost a, a grand final itself because it determined who was going to be the, uh, who was going to win the Premier's plate for, for the season. So really, um, you know, victory fell just short. They, they lost that game against Sydney FC. So they've, you know, on paper, maybe got the wood over us a little, a little bit. Do, do you see this as being an even game coming into this? Or do you think Sydney FC have the advantage or do you think Melbourne victory have the advantage? I think I reckon it's pretty evenly matched. I reckon Sydney will take some confidence out of that win because it was so recently and all of that kind of stuff. That was the the rescheduled game. The it was the double header that got washed out with the torrential mm. Sydney rain. So um that that was the uh, rescheduled version of that one. That game was you know both Sydney and Melbourne have played three games in about eight days. So it was high emotions. They were playing on a synthetic pitch. There was all of this kind of stuff going on. So I reckon that was really cagey and Sydney will take confidence from it. But I suppose the flip side is that victory won't be too rattled by the loss. They were very much in the game. When you look at the goals that Sydney scored, it was an absolutely cracking free kick from Teresa Polias. Like you, you can't do much about that. And then a penalty, which, um, no one really saw because of broadcast issues that just kind of, uh, yeah. you know, didn't didn't show the penalty. We saw Princess Sabini running up and then we saw the ball in the back of the net and nothing in between. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so like, you know. Well, that's the issue as well, isn't it? Sorry, Fox Sports aren't, they're broadcasting it, but they're not actually producing it. So it's it's uh, some external company as well, isn't it? That's, yeah, I think. Um, that's producing majority of the games are being externally broadcasted. I think there's the I think the Thursday night games were Fox Sports produced and then the uh, Sunday Arvo games which were simulcast on ABC. I think there was some sort of uh, relationship there and it's no surprise that those were the games that were the you know best quality broadcast, the multiple camera angles, the no issues with those games. It was the the ones kind of done no on the cheap. Guys. No tuber. I would love to never see a tuber again, to be honest <laughs> with you guys. Far out. But um, 
yeah, you know, it's it was there was a very clear difference in the the quality of some of the broadcasts, and unfortunately, the Premier's Plate decider was on the uh, the lower end of the the broadcast quality. Yeah, which is very disappointing, but I guess that's just the way the chips fell. Vaughan, um, it seems like it's the same people who may be doing the the state leagues, um, which have actually been pretty good. Um, our uh, our Mr. Editor Man Josh Parrish has been commentating the MPL games, which has been really really good. Um, I wonder when we'll hear back about the A-League TV rights. There doesn't seem to be any kind of murmurings or anything like that about what's going to happen with the A-League. But really overall, um, has has this been one of the best uh, W-League seasons? I mean, there has been obviously a lack of, you know, well, lack of international quality because of uh, COVID-19, but has that... Um, had a, you know, a, a an effect on the development of uh, Aussie players who have maybe been getting more game time as a result. Well, I think I think we need to kind of you know it swings and roundabouts kind of thing. So yes, you've lost you know basically the entire starting squad of the Matildas to Europe. So of course there's going to be a, a dip in quality, but that's not to say that the games haven't been exciting. That's not to say that there hasn't mm. been really high quality matches. And I think. Most football fans are excited about the prospect of young players being developed and hopefully getting to watch them grow up at the club and do great things for the club. So I think in terms of that, the dub has completely delivered with that because you've had so many young players get that opportunity and absolutely take it with both hands. And it's been enjoyable to watch because you can now get excited about these players like, oh, I wonder if she's going to, you know, carry on with the buck. I wonder if she's going to, you know, get a Matilda's call up soon. It's these new kind of batch of storylines that we get to watch because now those those positions have been opened up because the Matildas are now doing excellent things elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm going to put a few questions for you about the grand final. The first one is who is the victory player to watch in the grand final it's got to be lisa devanna Every, everyone knows even if you don't know women's football you know lisa devanna and you know she does excellent things you guys probably would have seen her uh goal in the six nil dropping of melbourne city where she just basically runs half the length of the pitch burns you know girls twice or half her age for pace and just smashes home the most incredible goal so she's she's someone who absolutely lives for these moments so there's there's literally no doubt that she's going to step up because it's a grand final and on the sydney end who who are we um scared of having a huge game it's kind of this season, Claire Wheeler has been really, really great. She's kind of playing in a more advanced role. She was at Newcastle and was playing as a defensive midfielder but has since kind of moved to Sydney and become this kind of all-attacking, all-defending kind of threat. On At the semi-final, she was she assisted the first goal and scored the second. So if she can kind of get in spaces and do things, the victory need to shut her down because she's – very much a threat. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to ask you for your very unbiased final score prediction. You're because you're 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 in the media as well. You've you've you you're right. You're you're an ESPN associate. I'm not too sure if you have a direct line to like Stephen A. Smith. If you're mixing those circles, ESPN. Um, but you, you're you're a media professional, so objective. You know, um, unbiased opinion. What's the final score? The- <laughs> 
So I, I, was, I was asked this last night. I jumped on SEN and I said that Sydney were going to win 2-1, but there's a there's a very big part of me that's hoping I'm just like manifesting reverse psychology sort of thing. So um, because I don't, I definitely don't want to go up and watch a losing grand final. I'm I'm not about that. So I'm saying <laughs> Sydney 2-1, but I I really don't want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what what is the pregame plans for the crew that's going up? I know there's a few that are going up. Ben Williams, who um, who's a, a listener of ours and um, a good mate of ours on the show. Um, I think he did some work for us a, a little while ago. Did a Japanese tourist guide back in the day. Um, he's going out there. Are you? Do you mix with that crew? Yes, I will. I will be seeing Benny. Yeah. We've got a, a little group chat going with a couple of other friends about what our plans are. So I'm not sure whereabouts in Cogra will be drinking pre-game, but um, we'll we'll figure that out, and I'll probably be splashing it splashing it all over Twitter so people can come hang out with us. To be honest. <laughs> um so what's what's the contingent how many people you got uh, in your little group oh, in our little group we've only got four but then we've got lots of mates okay. up in in sydney as well and just there's a with the w league lots of people are just going because they want to and they can so i know some brisbane fans that are coming i know some city fans that are coming people just want to go to the grand final because it's a grand final so i think it's going to be hopefully mm-hmm. a big crowd we know we saw a really decent crowd in Adelaide. It was a, a record for a, a standalone W League game. So I'm hoping that there's lots of people just bumming around in Cogra on Sunday Arvo and they want to get down and watch some good football. I think it's pretty important, Jace, that we make it abundantly clear to everyone that's listening to this that they either, if they're in Sydney or they have nothing to do this weekend, they should go to Sydney and get behind mm. the girls uh, and also, you know, if you can't get to Sydney, you should tune in. So let's hear about when and where the game is. So we're we're kicking off four o five p.m. because we love a, a train timetable kickoff <laughs> in Australian football. Um, we're at the Strata Jubilee Stadium in Cogra, a lovely part of Sydney. Never been, but I'm sure it's lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you yeah, can watch. You can watch the game Fox Sports, KO and ABC. So there's there's no excuse to not watch it, honestly. Yeah. And if you are a victory fan who's heading to the game, please leave the plastic bottles at home. Uh, we don't need them on the pitch. Um, just leave the plastic bottles at home. Um, just go out there and represent the victory uh, in the best possible way. Um, I'm sure, though, uh, that uh, that you guys will be completely respectful of uh, of the surrounds of beautiful Cogra, um, Dave. Where is Cogra on the uh, on the map? Where the fuck is Cogra? Well, famously, um, our, our listeners may remember that was the the day that we played. Um, we played at Cogra before Sydney FC started using Cogra um, when we had to play Rockdale City Suns in the FFA Cup all those years back, and I got into the VIP P area. And uh, that's the first episode. Yeah, it was giving that shit was the first to um, yeah, it was giving shit to David Gallup and uh, eating his yeah. food and drinking his beer and um, that yeah that was yeah I remember getting the train from Central Sydney it was only about a I don't know, ten or fifteen minutes out of the out of town or maybe twenty minutes I can't remember exactly but a couple of pubs right near the station there um, short walk to the stadium decent enough kind of stadium to watch football at. Um, certainly better than those big cavernous ones that the A-League team, you know, played at in the past in Sydney. Uh, so 
get down there. Uh, it's not that expensive now to go to Sydney, and I will be watching at 4.05 p.m. with my daughter, who seems to have a thing for Kyra Cooney-Cross, who um, she I, I remember she signed for the victory when she was 15, which I remember that that really stuck in my brain when that happened. I was like, oh, wow, the, the W League side have signed this 15-year-old kid from out of Ballarat, I think. And um, yeah, she went off for a season or so, but has come back. And, uh, you know, she's, you know, a true blue Victorian. And, uh, yeah, I'll be watching her with interest along with the rest of the, the work. Mon. Yep. So uh, we'll all be watching because uh, we need... A team to get behind, uh, Victory fans. So uh, tune in on Sunday at uh, 4 or 5 p.m. and uh, we'll have a wrap-up of it next week as well. to some uh, back to the men's stuff and uh, back to the club at large and, and some of the tidbits that have taken place over the last two or so weeks since we have uh, we, since we last podcasted um, active support is back so this was um, really kind of uh, yeah kind of chipping away chipping away chipping away until um, finally um, it kind of coincided with the Anthony DiPietro email that went out to the members uh, a little bit after our podcast, kind of acknowledging that, um, yes, the club was working on things. Yes, the club have been very silent on things and they need to be better um, and they will try to be better from now on. Um, kind of addressing everything that we were complaining about, Dave, over the last um, the last month or two months or so. Yeah, you're not wrong, Jace. I think we you know, had a, had a, a role to play in the club actually deciding to communicate to fans, a novel concept that it is. Uh, that email from Anthony DiPietro was great, but you know, we really shouldn't have been in the position to get such an email. There should be regular comms from the club uh, about these matters. At the end of the day, you're talking about fans that have been rusted on for 15, 16 years at both ends of the of the ground who have provided the colour and the entertainment and the noise um, that a lot of people link their interest or, you know, the, you know Marissa mentioned the the, uh, the beach balls. I don't know if that was uh, necessarily in the north or south end. I can't quite recall. I think it was a south end thing, but um, not that I'm a beach ball fan or anything, but yeah, these are sorts of things. The point of difference that that active support has when it comes to football, uh, it was you know, as I said, good to get that kind of communication, but it shouldn't have 
come to that. Uh, and, you know, it was great to stand in the South End again on Saturday uh, and the, the the NT up the other end, you know, had, had the uh, prime viewing spot directly opposite. That was they, they just did not stop with the noise throughout uh, and, you know, it just goes to show what a difference that can make and, uh, you know, how important we should value, you know, how, how much we should value our fans, I should say. So, yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, it is in indeed. And you said, Dave, that maybe some of uh, our um, narrative on social media and other podcasts maybe um, got DiPietro into uh, some action. Uh, if that was the case, it would have been nice to see DiPietro just as an additional sub uh, sub note on the email, just say, and yes, we're aware that the media manager from Melbourne Victory does not reply to, for fuck's sakes, um, requests for player interview requests, and we will do better to make sure that that man replies to the buck's sake. And it's and not just us, it's other media agencies that have had similar uh, complaints about the lack of comms coming out of the club. So lift your game. Media manager. Mr. Who has, Lanyard. Who has, who has, who has, uh, who has a track record, not just with Melbourne Victory, but has a track record. Um, we're going all out, Dave, aren't we? We don't give a shit anymore. Nah, don't care. With the fair say? Nah. nah, don't care. Take We're not no making prisoners. friends anymore. No more Mr. Nice Guy. No more Mr. Nice Podcaster. Oh, we just uh, know, free advertising for the last seven seasons and uh, <laughs> Joe, yeah. you know, doing basically a lot of comms services for the club uh you know in our spare time um you know and and doing it out of our love for the club it'd be nice to get some respect but anyway yeah let me let me just go out for a night with elvis cam just give me like a night out with him or something i don't know like one of those almost famous you know how in almost You're famous now, mate. you can't you can't go out anymore no true although if i do it under work purposes maybe that'd be okay um <laughs> Let's talk about the manager role because this is a really weird situation and we spoke about it before. We, we acknowledge that the club probably aren't going to do anything, but right now, um, Grant Brebner is a caretaker manager of the job that he was just appointed in a full-time role for like three months ago. It's, it's very, very bizarre, but he knows that he's gone. He's a bit like, um, I don't know, George Costanza at play now. He's just not going to not gonna leave um, until they remove him. So he's, he's standing his ground. The board are seeing their ground because they know that they've got really nowhere to, to move. Um, so right now the board are canvassing um, people for a replacement. So it's, it's like a thousand percent done that Grant Prebner is not going to uh, coach next season, which is, as I said, very weird that he is now basically a caretaker role to uh, caretaker manager for his own position. Um, some people that have, from from the rumors that we've heard, um, Ufoktele is um, probably like the, the 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 name that keeps popping up, the most probable name. Uh, he's kind of shying away from it. I, I I would assume he probably won't give it too much thought, um, at least publicly, until the A League season as well and truly over. Uh, we did hear of a phone call that was placed to Harry Kuehl just to see if he was interested in possibly taking on the role. Um, that was a bit of an inside scoop that we got that we could use. Is that right, Dave? Yeah, and the word is that he wasn't all that keen, um, but... ADP was persisting with with him and and saying, you know, what will it take? You know, this is all 
uh, coming from out, uh, you know, as in you know what what sort of circumstances you know and you know, yeah Tony Tony Popovich is another another one that has been talked about a fair bit um, out of a job currently we mentioned it a few weeks back um, it yeah there, there's all the same sorts of names popping up um, but of course you know now there are a few more names out there because a couple of high higher profile Australian names have. Uh, been um, mentioned there there was another one that um, I was told about and I was told not to talk about it yet so I I'm, and I've just texted the, the person in question and said, can I mention it on the podcast can I mention it so we'll see if he gets well, back have to you me told in the me next this few day? minutes yes I did yes um, could you just text it to me again just to just right now I've got my phone <laughs> here just could you text it to me just because I forget a lot of things these days because I've got uh, what, what you call baby brain because um, yeah. I'm up at um, time, I want to ask Marissa though. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Mar- yeah Marissa, if if you were the the um, CEO and and you know the the president of Melbourne Victory Football Club, and you could get anyone you wanted in, within a realistic sort of sphere, uh, who would you pick? Someone to completely transform the club, which it needs transforming right now. Oh Jesus. That's Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> I just pick, pick pick someone. Oh God, I genuinely don't think I can. I, I'm like, I, I want to like squash the Kuehl rumor just because I don't want it to happen. That's not a knock on Harry Kuehl. I just <laughs> do not think that is a good idea. Um, God, I I genuinely can't give. I'm sorry. I oh, far out. No, I got nothing. That's okay. I'm useless today. Sorry, guys. I think I think Tale would be not a bad one, right? Like Tale's not bad. Well, fuck. Um, yeah, look, he, he's um, he's done the hard yards, and I don't know. The only reason why it doesn't sit well with me is because it's another case of us just poaching someone that's doing well at another club. Uh, it just doesn't feel right. Just, just doesn't feel right. And, you know, he came out of that Sydney FC scene as well. Uh, I'd like to see us just start with someone fresh and, and someone who's given the full remit to come in and completely overhaul the joint because that's what's needed. This isn't just bring in another yes man scenario. I, I, that, that's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see someone who comes in and is just slots into the, the vacant spot with everything around him that has been around him that has led to this current predicament that we're in, this absolute shit show that we're currently experiencing, this new person has to be brought in, you know, with you know, potentially a few weeks left of this season and then the full off-season to completely curate the entire squad and his backroom and everything, carte blanche control of everything in the football department. Uh, and and this is the problem. Like the 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 structure at the club currently will not allow for that. Uh, I, I'm kind of hoping though that the passage of time now and and seeing the rot that has set in, that those with the power at the club can actually see that yeah you know what this actually does need to be completely ripped out of the ground and we need to plant a new tree. Like that that's what I'm hoping happens and everybody can see it. So hopefully the board can see it too. I don't mind that call that you just said, kind of have someone in 
place ready to go before the season even finishes. So make your decision, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. depending on who's available, make your decision before the season starts to just have that, you know, eight week head start on, on everything and make sure that we're not going into, you know, halfway through the off season still without a coach, um, which is something that um, has been quite on brand for Melbourne Victory in, in recent times. So, it's a good call. The issue is that we've just appointed, and I don't know what their contracts are like, like Steve Keane and uh, JP. I don't know what their contracts are like, but you know, if you are going to get someone in that comes in and makes these big, grandiose calls, you, you want to be able to, um, I guess, send people on their way if they aren't part of that setup. And, and that's where things get difficult because, you know, there's contracts involved, there's payouts, these things cost money, um, how much money is there? So it's, it's, and this is where, you know, when it comes back to the board, they're the ones who are putting in this money ultimately to, to make these things happen. So it's, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. And look, I just want to come back to what I said earlier in this episode. There, This season is cooked. Don't keep playing these half-assed kind of, you know, players. And when I say that, I mean players who aren't going to be at the club next season. Just play the lads, the young lads. Get minutes into the league, see if they're capable uh, of carrying on. That will actually give us some joy uh, and we might see something interesting. Certainly. Now, um, looking ahead to next season and obviously uh, even this season perhaps, yeah, looking at the squad and the makeup thereof. There was a post uh, about a day ago on one of the Melbourne Victory Facebook groups, one of the fan fa- Facebook groups. And uh, this is Victor Brinkat who um, posted this and he said that in his uh, in his after-match interview after the Sydney FC loss, Brebner said he'll bring in players when the transfer window opens soon. Dave, is there a transfer window opening soon? There, there, there is a transfer window. Uh, I think it coincides with um, the... The um, overseas ones, to a degree, I think there's okay. some overlap, but it it'll be around the June mark. I can probably look that up, but yeah, it's I think it's sort of around the June July mark where, okay. where it opens up for a month or so. Okay, so he's Bremner said he'll bring in players when the transfer window opens soon. Um, if that's happening in June, I don't think Bremner's going to have any remit to bring in players um, in June. So, um, yeah, it seems rather um, optimistic on his part. Uh, he said he was looking at local players. The question is who is available and who would come to Melbourne Victory at this moment in time? And one of the replies was Christian Theoharis, um, who is currently over in Germany. Um, with, I think, uh, Munchen Gladbach, I'm pretty sure. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but I'm pretty sure that's it. That is correct. Um, with just a, with a, with a smiley face. Um, and then there was a few comments afterwards saying, shh, you F and T's. Um, and then he replied back, I'm a local, no question mark. And then someone said, and you're also one of our own. So, we thought we'd put the uh, the call out to his manager, who we uh, who we have a bit of a, uh, a Twitter back and forth with, just to see if it was if it was true, uh, if this was actually going to happen potentially. Um, Marissa, true or false? Do you think Christian Theoharis is primed for a return to Melbourne victory? Do you, do you believe that he's coming back based upon that little source of info, or no? I'd like to believe it. I believe. Thea Harris is one of the OG 
cocksure ethnic confidence boys, is he not? <laughs> I'd love. He is. Yes. He is probably the man. OG. That I think yep. that coined the term. I think he's. The, I think he's the reason I came up with the term. Yeah, I, I love um, love the so, phrase. Would love to see it. Well, in true cocksure ethnic fashion, he's just teasing us. Um, that was news to his manager, so it's not. It's not happening. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I should give out the extra info, but he gave us a little bit of extra info. But I don't think I can give that out. Um, but it will. It would blow your mind. Hey, so I got the transfer window wrong. Uh, it actually, and I, I suspect this has got to do with the rejigging of the season. It actually opens on April twenty second. So that's only two or so weeks away. Uh, just okay. under two weeks away. So. Here's the thing, though. I don't want to see this scenario of us signing a bunch of players uh, with what is essentially a rump back room and, and, and management system that we already know that the powers that be are trying to find a replacement. So don't be signing players for this short-term period. Get the new manager in, then commence the recruitment process. Let the new manager build the ship that's something that we keep getting wrong at this club and have continually for the last i don't know at least seven or eight years i feel that there's been very little succession planning very little forethought into to you know contracts and and things like that players being signed without managers being here yeah and stuff like that and and then even worse players being signed and the manager claiming that he has no control over it yeah, so these things need to stop if you want to be a successful football club for a longer period of time. Uh, so that I really hope that when that transfer window opens, uh, that it, there isn't just this you know influx of players that uh, you know have nothing you know, won't be around for six months. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that that kind of I guess co- coincides the the fact that the transfer window is opening in a mere matter of weeks. Um, that Anthony Lesios has been let go by Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, next to no game time at the Wanderers since he made his off season switch from Melbourne Victory, where he was effectively shut out, um, to the Western Sydney Wanderers. So there has been a bit of speculation that he will be heading home to Melbourne, um, but. Uh, the question is, will he be heading back to victory? And I've got some insider knowledge. So, Marissa, um, true or false, is Anthony Lesiotis coming back to Melbourne victory? Once again. Uh, I'm going to go true again just because it's 50-50. How wrong could I be? Exactly, and you're wrong both times. It's uh, it's 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 false. So, but but let me tell let me tell you my source because it's 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 a public source. Everyone can find out. Um, my source is the next door neighbor of Anthony Lesiotis's grandmother, who is who is seems legit touting. Who's touting all of this on Twitter and Facebook? So, um, as I said, you can find this source for yourself. We popped up in my mentions, I think, a, a few weeks ago, or on one of the threads. If you just go on Twitter right now, you type in just in the search bar "Lesiotis Grandma," um, you will find this guy who is <laughs> claiming, and he, he's been tweeting back um, dates back to 2019. Um, so basically, yeah, he, it, it, it's legit. I think I believe this guy is the grandma, is the grandma's neighbor. His name is George, um, and basically. Um, he's been on Facebook and Twitter saying that he is going back to Sydney. 
oh, sorry, to City rather, um, to Melbourne City. So we believe, I believe that he is returning, but it won't be with Melbourne victory. Um, I do, I can tell you another inside scoop, another another victory secret here. Um, we made a we made an Instagram stories poll about three weeks ago mm. saying um, who do you who do you think is to blame for Melbourne Victory's current plight the coach or the board I can tell you that both Anthony Lesiotis and Giancarlo Galafoco who were both turfed out at the end of last season both voted for coach so that just and goes that, to tell you a little bit of a saucy nugget and that in a context of pretty much everyone voting for the board <laughs> there's like mm-hmm. a hand, small <laughs> handful of votes for the coach, because everyone has this yes. sympathy for Grant Brebner, but not Anthony Lesiotis and Giancarlo Galifoco. Yes, you're right. So we had over 700 votes on that one on the Instagram story. 87% said they blamed the board. Um, so Dave, can you work out 13% of 700? Oh, I think does that no. only equate to two. Anthony Lesiotis <laughs> and Giancarlo Galifoco, the only two voted for it. Um, but that just goes to show that, um, I mean... <laughs> Galafoco, we all knew was going to be turfed out anyway. The, the Lesios one was a surprise, but obviously something happened there where Grant Bradman just said, "I don't, I don't like you," and he just got rid of him. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't think that a uh, Grant Bradman Anthony Lesios reunion is going to happen anytime soon. So, um, don't count on it. Uh, yeah, don't be surprised if you see him back at Melbourne City. Um, I definitely think he's deserving of a of a contract. Still a very skinny boy. Needs to maybe spend a, a summer in the weights room or something like that, just to just to get a bit more muscle on him. Or so come and eat uh, some wings with me. Yeah, or with his grandma too. You could call, yeah, that possibly too, yes. you know, go to go to go to uh, uh, pizza. Her name is pizza in Georgia for in, breakfast. In no, Georgia said her name is pizza, and in, in brackets, not pizza. Um, and she's watching. Um, so he, he's been talking to Brenton Speedy. He said, this is, 20, this is December 22, 2019. Speedy, um, grandma says Lesio should be in his natural position at defender. And I agree. Uh, defensive mid, sorry. And I agree. Even Broxy won't be around forever. And DM, uh, defensive midfielder imports a duds. What do you think? Um, he's right. Brenton isn't he? reply to it. Oh, yeah, Brendan Speed said, what's her name? And yeah, her name is Pizza. Um, not Pizza, she's watching. We'll inform her now that you might mention her. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's George. That's our, that's our secret man um, with the scoop. So yeah, that's uh, that's George. Um, that wraps up, I think, pretty much everything. We do have a game against Newcastle on Saturday. Um, Dave, just very, very briefly, give oh. me a score prediction. This this. Pod's gone a fair bit over. Hey, look, very briefly. So, you know, we are sitting on eight points at the moment. Uh, conceded 34 goals in 14 games. You know, and, and Newcastle are uh, uh, clear ahead of us, three points ahead of us. So even if we win this game, we are still dead last. Um, that being said, you know, like it's, it's the sort of game that, uh, you know, <laughs> If we're ever going to win a game, every other team seems to be miles ahead of us. Newcastle have been spluttering along, you know, some good performances. Better than us, that's for sure. Uh, look, I strangely, this is at 3pm on Saturday, I think, which is just what a stupid time to, to have a game. But anyway, uh, we're going to lose because that's what we're doing this year. And I think it'll just be a really painful 1-0 loss. 
Uh, Marissa, are you are you are you you're, you're being in New South Wales? Are you going to go to the uh, the Newcastle game at three oh five pm on Saturday? No, my flight's around four ish, so I'll be bumming around Melbourne Airport um, at that time, checking my phone, seeing yeah. seeing what kind of fresh hell is being served up <laughs> by the boys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so how many how many are we going to cop on, uh, in this one? Three, I reckon. Hoping for the Three. best, expecting yeah. the worst, but um, yeah, can't can't see it going particularly well. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably going to be about the same. So yeah, more pain on the way for victory fans uh, of. Uh, of the men's team anyway hopefully not for the women's team hopefully it's going to be a very very happy sunday uh, marissa thank you so much for um for for joining us uh we loved having you on we'll uh, we'll get you on again soon before the end of the season um have a good weekend i hope it's really good there's nothing worse than um seeing a grand final when you lose as, as we know as we've seen in recent times so thank you uh thank you for uh, coming on thanks for having me boys i really enjoyed it yeah. and dave i'll uh, i'll see you next week Yes, you will. We're going to the uh, away derby next week, but more oh, importantly, going, yeah. So is it the, is it the seventeenth? We're going to our my first sorry, game in two days. and a half years. Yeah, Wait, three yeah. years. I can't remember the last time I went to a game. So yeah, that that's something to look forward to. And Mont um, the Wack this week. We're going yeah. with Mont the Wack. Yeah. So yeah, we're uh, we're putting all our chips into the women, and uh, hopefully they come back to Melbourne with a title. Uh, in their grasp. So for now, it is goodbye and. Monda. Wak. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>